Hi everyone, uh, it's really good to be with you again today. This is part five of our Faith in the Fire series. How does trusting God help us in times of difficulty and suffering in this life? So, so far we've looked at a healthy theology of suffering and uh, we've then looked at faith in the fire of disappointment, faith in the fire of anxiety, faith in the fire of temptation. And today we're going to look at faith in the fire of illness. Let's start off uh, by saying that, that illness, both physical and mental, is everyone's concern. We all either have been or are or will be physically unwell, either ourselves or those we love and care for. We'll all be impacted. I wonder what your experience has been so far through your life. I'm very conscious that there'll be some people watching this who have suffered terribly in physical terms. And we've all have been or are or will be impacted by mental health challenges, either again in our own lives or in those we love and care for. And while some are diagnosed with serious mental health challenges, mental well-being is an issue for all of us. And again, I'm conscious that there'll be some watching who have had very serious difficulties in that area. Now, whatever some people of faith would like to tell us, we all will suffer in this life. This is a beautiful world, full of beauty, but it's also full of disease and difficulty. That's just how it is. It's also true, let's face it, that the death rate is 100%. Physical illness is, in a sense, where all of us are heading. So we reject simplistic spiritual answers for why people might suffer from physical illness. Joe Bailey was a man with seven children, three of whom died in very young age. And he quoted a great theologian, Charles Hodge, of a previous century, who said that if anyone thinks he has a simple solution to the problem of suffering, he should hold in his arms an infant screaming with pain. And any simple solution will fly out the window. As Christians, we live with huge certainty about God and what he's done. But we also live with mystery. I'm going to read in a moment a passage of scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10. But I just want to make it clear uh, before I read it that I don't think the author, Paul, is actually talking about physical illness at this point, but I'll explain a bit more of that in a moment. Let's read our passage. He writes this, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I need to give you a little bit of context to that passage. It's important in this instance. In chapters 10 and 11, just preceding that passage, Paul has been providing a defense of his ministry He's being severely criticised and uh, ridiculed by opponents. And what he does is he lists his, some of his credentials and then he also lists his sufferings. 
This is how he says, I have served you. I have suffered for the ministry that I've been about among you. And he then gets to a point of speaking to them about some great experiences of God that he's had, which were clearly unusual even for him. He's kind of giving his defense still, and I've had these amazing experiences of God. But then he concedes, and this is where we we read the passage, he concedes, verse 7, in order to keep me from becoming conceited because of these amazing experiences of God, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, I don't know if you know, but there's been a whole load of speculation about what this thorn in the flesh was that Paul experienced. Some have said, well, it was maybe it was temptation burning away in him that he couldn't get rid of. Maybe it was a physical ailment. Maybe it was a mental difficulty that he was facing. Possibly in the physical realm, it was a chronic eye problem, some people have wondered, or Um, A problem associated with malaria or migraines or epilepsy or a speech debility. That so many possibilities have been raised as to what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. Another theory, which I think is far more plausible, is that Paul's thorn in his flesh was an opponent or a set of opponents coming against him and his ministry. I think it's much more likely, I need to just quickly explain to you why I think that's much more likely. Firstly, because he's been talking about those who oppose him in chapters 10 and 11. And he refers to them again in the very next verse after the passage we read. In other words, opponents fit the context much more clearly. Secondly, because his thorn, verse 7, is a messenger of Satan, he says. Something or someone devilishly intending to disrupt God's work through Paul. It's much more likely to be a person, I would suggest. And then thirdly, I think it's opponents because the four words he uses in verse 10 that we read to help explain what he means by the weakness he's been experiencing because of this thorn are these words, insults, hardships, persecutions and difficulties, which are not really words related to illness or temptation. So I think what Paul's been talking about here is how he has been frustrated and cannot get rid of these opponents who have been against him and trying to discredit him. So you might ask, well, why are we looking at this passage if today's subject is faith in the fire of illness? Well, because while that may not be the immediate setting that Paul has going on there, there are certain things he describes that are entirely and legitimately relatable to our experiences of suffering. You see, So ill health feels like, of course, a thorn in the flesh. It often feels, verse 7, tormenting. It feels like opposition to the things we wish we could do. It certainly feels like weakness, verse 9. And because as well, our medicine in illness, verse 9, is to know, as we'll see, that God's grace is sufficient for us. Now, before we go any further, please note this. Of course, I believe that God heals. And if you're suffering, you should keep praying for healing. But our concern in this series has been, how does the Christian faith sustain me in the fire? So our focus this morning is, what if God doesn't heal? 
How does my faith and my trust in God sustain me in my illness? But first, let's hear from Irena, someone who has suffered a great deal physically over many years. So I used to be a very healthy and active person when I was younger, and that changed about eight or nine years ago. I got a virus that led to some symptoms that never really seemed to go away, and I've been told will probably be with me now for the rest of my life. Um, I have a diagnosis of three chronic conditions. Those are ME, fibromyalgia, and a functional neurological disorder. And those are basically big ways of saying that I struggle with chronic fatigue, lots of tiredness, uh, and widespread pain across my body, as well as a whole bunch of other random symptoms. The pain can be so varied. It can be stabbing pain in my feet that makes it painful to walk. It can be backache. It can be eyeball pain. Uh, it can be a number of places at once. And my other symptoms are things like forgetfulness, um, balance problems, walking problems, sleeping difficulties, weight gain, and even muscle fatigue, where I can be brushing my teeth, for example, and halfway through, I've got to take a break because my arm is so tired. So everyday life can feel a challenge sometimes, and having a chronic illness is something which is invisible. Other people don't look at you and think that you're ill or know that you're ill, and that can be quite isolating. So it's been really comforting to know that God knows that I'm ill, that he sees my pain and is with me in it. And on the days where I find it really hard, I found that prayer and worship have really helped me. They've given me extra strength to sustain me when I feel like everyday life is a bit much. I believe that God can heal me and I've had prayer for healing so many times. I've asked God to heal me so many times. And so that's been hard when I haven't been healed immediately. And I really had to wrestle with the disappointment of that. But God has been teaching me to have an eternal perspective that even if I'm not healed immediately now, God is faithful and I will be healed in future. Uh, when we get to heaven, we get new bodies and there's no more pain, uh, no more illness and no more tiredness. So reminding myself of that eternal perspective really helps me to have hope for the future. And when things get really tough, I also remind myself of something I read in the Bible. In the book of Daniel, there are three men that are about to be thrown into the fire. And they say something which I paraphrase to myself to give myself courage in my own illness. And it's this, that I believe that my God can deliver me from this. But even if he doesn't, still I will praise him. And that really helps me. Thanks, Irena. That was so helpful to hear from you. So what help is there in God for us when we experience illness? Three things from Paul's experience as he describes in this passage. God's work, God's grace and God's glory. Firstly, God's work in times of illness. God is never not at work. Even in what can seem like a wasted time, God is at work. Part of the challenge of ill health, I think, sometimes is that it frustrates our plans. It feels like just such a waste of time. I could be doing this. I'm lying on my bed ill or whatever the situation specifically is. What a waste. Bill Wilson was the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. And he said this. Lovely phrase, nothing in, is ever wasted in God's economy. 
When my boys were younger, we used to uh, weekly watch the uh, programme Scrap Heap Challenge. And uh, I've never been into fixing and mending things myself, but somehow this programme grabbed us and we would watch it every week. And each week, different teams would have a task out of this scrapyard full of, obviously, scrap and rubbish to make a particular vehicle or certain thing. It was a huge task. And uh, we would watch this and there'd be a winner at the end of it. It was people who had the skill to take absolute rubbish and what seemed just like waste and make something useful from it. You know, God is very good at that. He is able to take what seems like a waste and turn it for good. So in Paul's situation here, even though he feels opposed and limited and restricted and he feels like God's plans are being frustrated, what is God doing? What is God at work here with him? Well, God is at work in Paul's character, and I suggest he's always doing that when we are facing illness. Verse 7, Paul says that he is being kept from becoming conceited. He can see that his character is being tested and refined in this process. In Paul's case, it's a messenger of Satan that he says has been sent to him. There's evil intent seeking to kill and steal and destroy. Now, I'm not for a moment saying that the devil is behind your illness. But the point is that God is able to use even evil intent for his purposes and for good. Paul can see that God is at work, even in the midst of this. Christians believe Romans 8 verse 28. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. In Charles Dickens' uh, great novel, Great Expectations, the character Estella, right near the end of the book, says this, after all her troubles and difficulties, suffering, she says, has been stronger than all other teaching. I have been bent and broken, but I hope into a better shape. Lord, will you please shape us for good through our suffering? And then God is at work as well in this situation in speaking to Paul and being clear that God is present with him. So verse 9, Paul says, He, God, said to me. So three times uh, Paul has asked God to remove his thorn. And it might have seemed that God was silent. Why hasn't God answered his prayer? But God has answered him, but just not in the way that Paul would have chosen him to do so. I wonder if that's been your experience. You may have prayed and prayed and prayed that God would deliver you from physical or mental difficulty. And it seems like God hasn't listened because he hasn't done what you've asked. Please be reassured that God hears. It's not that he doesn't care. It's that he often has a different route to work through our difficulties. So rather than thinking God doesn't care, ask Lord, what are you saying to me when you're suffering and ill? And he will reassure you of his presence. And then God is at work reminding Paul that life in God's kingdom runs on a topsy-turvy principle. 
I really don't like this one personally, but Paul is able to say here that God has spoken to Paul and said, my power is made perfect in weakness. I kind of wish that wasn't the case. I kind of feel like, God, your power will be much better demonstrated and known to others through acts of great power and strength. But there's a topsy-turvy principle in the kingdom of God, particularly demonstrated in the cross of Christ, that his power is demonstrated in our weakness. God is at work, even through the difficulties. God, help me to trust you, that you are at work for my good and for your glory, even when it feels the opposite, even when I can't see what the good could possibly be yet. So God's work in illness. Secondly, God's grace in illness. Now, God is never ungracious, even when illness leaves us with mystery. So whatever Paul doesn't know about what's going on here and the whys and the wherefores, he does know that God is good all the time. God is gracious all the time. God is love all the time. And here's what Paul heard God say to him, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you. I will be enough for you, Paul, through this. So God's grace didn't transform Paul's circumstances, but God did graciously transform Paul and his experiences of his circumstances. But it'd be good to ask, what does my grace is sufficient for you actually mean? What does it mean for God to be enough for us in those difficult, suffering times? It means that you still know God's amazing, unconditional favour for you. It means that he graciously provides you with what you need to sustain you in those times. It means that you're still able to find joy in God and the gospel in your suffering. And it means that you know the presence of God in the fire of suffering and illness. And God's grace to you at those times will even enable you to find a way to lean into your weakness. So Paul says this. This is amazing. He says, therefore, verse 9, in other words, because of God's promised sufficient grace, he says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't mean for a second to minimise some of the serious suffering that you may be going through. But Paul seems, by God's grace, seems to be able to lean into his trial. I was walking on Bournemouth uh, Clifftop the other week, and uh, it was quite a windy day. The wind was blowing, howling in from the east, and there was this bird of prey that would come downwind a little bit and then turn and then hover and lean into the wind. It was using the wind to look for prey. It would find nothing, and then it would go on the wind a little bit and then lean into the wind again and hover. This bird of prey was amazingly using what could have been so difficult and annoying and awkward and frustrating and using it, leaning into it in order to find its food. 
Perhaps God will even, in your suffering, help you to lean into what's going on. How? What, what does that mean? Or perhaps he will cause you to long for heaven all the more, your true destination. Perhaps he'll cause you to lean in in the sense of having more compassion for others who are suffering. To reach out to those you'd never otherwise have been in contact with. And to find, as Paul did, that Jesus really can be enough in your suffering. God in his grace could have transformed Paul's circumstances, but instead, in grace, God transformed Paul and his experience of his suffering and his circumstances. However intense and tough his situation still really was, Paul's weakness was no longer just an interruption, a problem, a negative. It became an avenue for him to experience God's grace. God can redeem anything. Johnny Erickson Tada suffered a diving accident at the age of 18. And for the last 50 years, she's been a quadriplegic in a wheelchair. She has been an extraordinary example of finding God's grace, just as Paul did, in her physical suffering. One of the many things that were so helpful that she wrote was this. This is an extraordinary statement. Talking about how God's grace, she has known God's grace in her illness. She said this, and how God has not healed her. She said, a no answer to my request for a miraculous physical healing has meant purged sin, a love for the lost, increased compassion, stretched hope, an appetite for grace, an increase of faith, a happy longing for heaven, a desire to serve, a delight in prayer, and a hunger for his word. And she makes this extraordinary statement at the end. Oh, bless the stern schoolmaster that is my wheelchair. I don't believe she is delighting in her suffering in some crazy way. She has found that God's grace has been sufficient as God has taught her in her suffering. God's work in illness, God's grace in illness, and very quickly, God's glory in illness. We've already mentioned it, but we can state it here more particularly. God is at work in Paul's situation and in your illness by his grace for his glory. So verse 10, Paul says this, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insults in hardships in persecutions in difficulties for Christ's sake. See, Paul's just not being stoic here. He's certainly not got some weird, crazy delight in suffering. But if verse 9, Christ's power can be made perfect in my weakness, if his power can, can rest on me in my weakness, if somehow this can be for Christ's sake, then I can get some peace there. God, use even this for your glory, that your name may be lifted high. God's work in illness, God's grace in illness, and God's glory in illness. I wonder what illness are you facing or in one that you love? Keep praying to be delivered from it. But until you are, know this. God is at work by his grace and for his 
glory.